You're listening to What She Said with Candace Sampson, a podcast for Canadian women about Canadian women. A mansplaining free zone, What She Said is here to empower, educate, and entertain you. Prior to March of 2020, many of us were on our game, working within a system that we thought we understood. Then everything we knew came tumbling down, and it wasn't long before we started to see that the system was largely an illusion. On everything from work to home management, women learned that many of the choices we had were not really choices at all. Crushed under the weight of home learning, working at home, losing our jobs, isolation, we fell into a rut. And ruts, as you know, are notoriously hard to get out of if you've ever seen a car spinning its wheels in one. That's why in 2022, I'm so pleased to introduce you to Jennifer John and Denise Chand from The Sacred Space. These two ladies are here to get us unstuck and can get us back on the road at whatever speed we choose. Thank you very much. Together, we will imagine and action a new path forward, each creating our own impenetrable sacred space. In today's podcast, we have an overview of some of the topics we'll be exploring over the next year and some steps you can take today to get unstuck. Welcome to 2022, ladies. Welcome to the show, Denise and Jennifer. Uh, It's March of 2020. I mean, January of 2022. (laughs) I feel like we're still stuck back in March. Do you get that? Yes. (laughs) Definitely. Thank you. We for definitely get that. <laughs> so that's why I think this 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 podcast with you is so important because you know I see this as a recurring theme almost everywhere. People feel like since the pandemic hit in March of 2020, we have really just been static mm-hmm. in time, not able to advance, and sometimes being clawed back in our in our goals, um, which is why having a discussion about how to get unstuck is crucial. Even, even with all of the odds that are against us, we need to get unstuck. So let's jump into it. Where do you want to begin? Well, first of all, I agree with you. Um, The, yeah, March, 2020, the pandemic has just, it just totally has taken the world in a totally different place. And us and our entire way of living, the way we work, the way we socialize, the way we shop, everything has totally changed. And it's just rewiring the brain. So the pandemic rewired the brain. And now we have to now rewire the brain again to start Mm -hmm. to function in a very normal way, whatever we call normal. And we have we have a, a lot of us have remained stuck in that march 2020 thing and and within that stuck mode we can sabotage ourselves create mm-hmm. self you know and that alone can cause so much uh keep us stuck keep us not proceeding physically mentally um spiritually so i really am looking forward to this next couple of months here we're going to be doing this this journey with you so Jennifer, I want to I want to direct this to you then because I think you know what Denise said was was true. You know, like stuck, but do we know why we're stuck? Is that the first sort of step? Is understanding that why? 
we have to, because with awareness, for change to truly happen, we have to come to a place where we actually understand what exists. And so we have to understand where that stuckness exists for us individually. As Denise said, we understand globally where, where it exists because since March 2020, we've all come to this place where it was an immediate halt across the board. And we were stuck in that in that zone for the past two, two years. And now we're going on year three. And so understanding why we're stuck is actually the first step. We need to do that. We need to know why, where does this stuckness exist? Why are we feeling this way? What is contributing to these feelings of feeling stuck? Is it because, you know, we feel that we can't move forward in our relationships? We can't move forward in our life. We can't move forward in our careers. Are we unhappy where we're at? What is the source? Because once we get to the root, that awareness starts to, to open up our mindset, mm -hmm. open up the way that we think and the way we see things, and then puts us on a path where we can actually start to shift things for the change that we really want. Yeah, I think there's a, you know, a personal responsibility that, you know, that we have to self-reflect and to not just self-reflect, but to own the things that come up in us um, that we identify. Because if we don't, I guess, name it and own it, then we're not going to actually affect any sort of change in our lives, right? We're just going to continue on this sort of feeling our way through and hoping for the best. And that's not how life works. No, I, I agree with you because it's true. We have to own up to it. And this is why it's so important that we take that responsibility. As I always say, we have to become an observer of our, of our own thoughts. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's basically, it, it, it takes, effort it takes a a deliberate effort to stop to basically not react but to respond so if you're in a situation whatever it could be it could be something as simple as you know a traffic jam or lining up in a store or something at work or um you know you get a you're at work you get an email or or you go somewhere and somebody says a word to you that annoys you or a situation it could anything personal, family, anything, it could happen. So it takes that, that ability to stop before you react, you know, to, instead of react, be reactive is to be responsive. And how do you do that? It takes a deliberate effort again to go back mm -hmm. to sit there and step back because they say, um, scientifically, they said it takes 90 seconds in any given situation, whether it's in, you know, you're going through, a relationship issue, whether it's um, uh, divorce, whether it's family, whether it's work, again, you know, or something as simple in a grocery store, whatever it is, there's a chemical process that happens within 90 seconds to the body and the brain. And when you, so in that 90 seconds, you have 90 seconds to either respond or react. And whatever you decide to do, so, and then once you come out of that, it, it's so important to be able to say, okay, I'm, let's use something as simple as you're in a grocery store and a lineup and somebody's just, I don't know, just taking forever and you have to leave. 
So within 90 seconds, you're raging, your emotions are raising, all the chemicals, you know, everything is raging through your body, your brain, everything, your, your mind is sending messages to your brain, your brain then sending messages to your body, and your whole, every part of you is catastrophizing because you know you want to get out of this line, get to where you got to go. So in that 90 second of that chemical that's happened, that process that's going through you, you sit there and you become an observer of what you're going through. And you sit there and instead of react, do I react or do I respond? And there is a big difference between the two. So if you take a, take a step back and you take, you know, deep breath and you respond to that within that 90 second, whether it's just to, so that just come out of that scenario I gave you, whether it's you're at home or whatever, walk away, go for a walk, you're at the office, something, go to the washroom, something, turn on your music, whatever it is in that 90 second to to respond rather than react. And anything you do now after that 90 seconds becomes a habit. So what happens, you start, that becomes a pattern you're going to start to create. So keep thinking over and over and over again, over and over and over again. And that's a pattern. So it's like we, what you go back to say is own up, take responsibility, recognize, and sit there and say, you know what, I'm going to practice to respond rather than being reactive. I love that because here's what I think. I think this is a skill. This is, <laughs> I, I wish to, I wish more than anything that we were teaching this skill in our education system, right along with math and English and science, because the ability to control our emotions and understand that they don't have to dictate our actions is so crucial. And we're missing that. So many people are missing it and it's not their fault. There's no shame in this game. You, you need to learn and grow, but, but people think that it's, it's a, it's a, a sign of shame if they react emotionally to something. And it's mm -hmm. like, no, you just haven't learned the skills mm -hmm. and it's you can't learn them. And it's so important because I, I love what you said, Candace, when you said, you know, you wish that they would teach this in the education system. It, it's something that needs to be built into our education system, something that needs to be built into our workplaces. Um, our emotional intelligence, we don't give it enough weight, enough importance um, on how valuable that is. Learning how to determine when to like manage our emotions and our feelings so that, as Denise said, we do respond rather than react um, could save us so much problems, headaches, um, you know, things happening, going you know, ways that we didn't expect or didn't want to, and then having to apologize if we have the opportunity to apologize to make it right because we reacted rather than responded. And that goes back to our emotional intelligence and how well we can manage those emotions um, in any given situation. So it you're, it is a skill, but it's not something that can't be learned. It's not something that with practice that we cannot master over time. It's just, it's something that we really have to put our, you know, our thought, our determination and our consciousness to say, this is what I'm going to do. And once I start doing it, it starts to form, as Denise said, it starts to form a habit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love that because, you know, I like, so I have two daughters. I mean, they're beautiful. I love them. They are the my world and I'm proud of them for a lot of things, but I got to tell you, I, my 17 year old raged into me a few weeks ago about something as 17 year olds will do. And, you know, I was irritated, but she came to me later. And what she said, I, I cried because mm. I was so damn proud of her because she came to me and she said, I'm so sorry. I have misplaced anger about 
ex and I took it out on you. Mm. And that she has that level of understanding mm -hmm. at this age. It just, I was like, damn kid, you've got, I wish I'd had that at 17, you know, that knowledge. And so these are the conversations we need to be having with our kids uh, and with ourselves, with our friends to just really bring awareness to this, you know? Um, and there's, you can't apologize if you have an outbreak. I mean, you don't mm -hmm. want to keep doing it again, right. uh, but just recognizing it and understanding where it came from and why you did it is so key. So let's talk about that just a little bit because you know, we're going to go into this in depth over the next 12 months on the radio show. Mm, yes. But for, for people right now in the podcast, are there exercises you can do um, to to sort of trigger that self-awareness that we're looking for here in order to move on and get unstuck? There are exercises you can do. And, I, and again, the, the, the only way something can work is, first of all, you can give every possible tip out there. You can give a person, bring them everything. But the first thing that that everybody needs to do is come to that self-acknowledgement and say, I want to do this. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, you, if somebody may want to lose weight and you can send them, send them up to the gym, give them an, a, a, a dietitian to work with whatever it is. But until that person can come to that self-awareness, self-acknowledgement to say, I want you to do this. Until that happens, no matter what exercise we give, what tips we give out there, it's defeating. So the first, the first thing is saying, yes, I want to learn to do this. I want to be able to, as we say, clean up our, our mental space. Mm -hmm. mind management and that's something Jennifer and I have been what we work with all our clients with right. is teaching them mind management and in that so the exo first of all you have to first thing and say yes I want to do this and be intentional and once you come and say you, you are intentional then now you know you are ready to now run and run with this to do so one exercise that we we challenge our um our clients with is to first thing is learn is bring them awareness of of what it is that what their mind on a scientific level what it is with our minds so the first thing is you once you physically so i want you just to visualize this so you have your mind your mind and your brain they're inseparable um but they are two different things, but they, but they are inseparable. They work together. So the mind, whatever you think, sends a message to your brain. And then your brain then sends all these signals through your body. So once you have that visual, and then that's what caused you to get anxiety, you get, you know, every, every, every possible thing that happens to the body happens. So once you have that visualization of what it is that's happening there, so now there's that thing, you know, now you understand, and we just kind of gave you a little, like, little, like, Cole's note version of what's happening from the mind to the brain to the body. Then once you understand that, you sit, you kind of come to that awareness and say, okay, I'm going to be a little bit more observant so you're now becoming more choose a situation again you are you are in a traffic jam choose something very simple one step at a time you're in a traffic jam do you get angry 
or do you, you have a choice. You have a choice how to respond. Mm -hmm. So that's the first exercise is I have a choice. Do I sit here and react and get all upset? My mind's telling me all this stuff. My brain's catastrophizing. My everything is in, my body's not reacting. I'm feeling this way. So, or do I just say, okay, I'm in a traffic jam. I turn on my music and stay calm and just move. So that's the first step. The first exercise is when you, when you hit a situation, you have a choice. Do I respond or do I react? So I have to cut in with just a funny story as you were yes. saying that, because I was in my head laughing hysterically. Because <laughs> when you said, how do you react in traffic? Right. It, took, it took me back <laughs> to a story with my one with my one daughter when she was very young. And we were in the Tim Hortons drive-thru getting, you know, a Timbits or something, who knows? And of course, there's a lineup. And so we're sitting there waiting, and my daughter in the back shouts out, For God's sakes, hurry up. <laughs> oh boy, I think my I think my temperament in traffic is, you know, being downloaded to her. So it's those observations of how you react to a situation. Um, and also how you're downloading that to somebody else is mm -hmm. crucial. So I love that you said that, you know, how do you react? Just recognizing how you react in the yes. smallest situation is so key. That was, that's brilliant. So I love that you did that. And it really, and like I said, don't be embarrassed if you did, no, just no. be aware of it and say, this is, you know, this isn't serving me. So maybe I should change that. Well, another thing you can possibly do is journaling too. If you journal, mm -hmm. keep a journal, of situations your thoughts and that also helps you as well to because what happened that journaling creates clarity and clarity helps you to you know organize and think and kind of have you self-reflect it's like a mirror you're seeing like you just did that you just kind of like remember that situation and now you are aware and i bet you any money candace tomorrow you go driving <laughs> and you're in a traffic jam you're going to remember this conversation Listen, even I journal and I have an agreement with my best friend. I'm like, look, when I die, you need to clear that stuff out. You need to burn it. <laughs> there could be no evidence of my thoughts, my real thoughts after this is all done. Okay. <laughs> but you know, there's such, I, re I remember having a discussion and there's such power in writing down. It's it, it. Some people may feel it's archaic, you know, it's, you know, because we're so up with technology and everything we put in our phone, we talk, but you can journal whatever feels comfortable to you. Some people love the pen and some people love to jot it in their electronics and they're good to go. But there's such power in writing something down. And when you put it to paper, the success rate of you actually fulfilling or accomplishing the things that you want to do is that much mm -hmm. higher because you've literally written it down. And there's a connection between writing it down and how it's it's then now imprinted in your mind, in your memory. And so, um, you know, uh, becoming an observer of your own thoughts, this was something that, that actually, you know, working with Denise, um, have made me become more self-aware of doing that is becoming an observer of your own thoughts. Um, when we deal with clients, we take them through that journey of isolating, you know, for seven days, look at your life, mm -hmm. look at how you look at a situation or an event, whatever comes up in the next seven days and examine yourself, observe your thoughts. And as, as Denise shared, are you reacting or are you responding? And what's triggering 
the reaction and what's causing you to respond. And so we found it's so, you know, such success in taking clients through that and me myself personally doing that um, because once you do, it helps you identify truly what the situation is and, and what are your tendencies? Because we all have tendencies, right? And what are those? And, and then begin to now, how do I shift that? How do I change that? Some are great and I love them. And then others like, hmm, I need work on that. And whether that's, you know, um, waiting for something, getting a little bit frustrated because the line is taking too long and how to control and manage that to, um, you know, gaining a little bit more patience. And so it's, it's such a powerful, it seems simple, but it's such a powerful exercise. I love that we've, we've, you know, we've spent a lot of time talking about sort of that initial step of the self-reflection and it's so important, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I just want to actually say to people who are listening, you know, we are in the beginning of a new year and mm-hmm. there, it seems to be, you know, we all jump into resolutions, but you know, you could start this anytime. So I just want people to be aware. You don't have to wait till like the first of the new year or the first of the month. I mean, jump in whenever you're ready uh, sort of to make that change. But let's move on now because once we have that self-reflection, what is the next step? So once you've come to that self-reflection and the next step now is, is, is a, basically is an action plan. Mm-hmm. So you've come, you're aware of what, whatever it is, that reflections come now, revelation has come and it's now, it's basically, it's a plan. What are you going to do next? So whatever, whatever it is that is now, say if it's mind management, you want to be able to, uh, like say burnout, like burnout is the big, is, is what's happening around the world right now. And you've come to that awareness now where uh, you know that with respect to burnout, you're at work, you can't keep everything. So that, that, that reflection has come. And now you now know what you have to do next. It's like, you now have to create a plan. Like, what am I going to do next to be able to, now that I'm aware that reflection has come, the revelation has come for this, what is my next step? And it's very important to have a plan because if we don't have a plan, we will just go off, veer off in any which direction and to be able to go to what's the next step? What am I going to do now? And the next thing is that exactly create a to-do list, uh, a plan of what you got to do, where you have to go, what you have to do next and how to move forward uh, uh, in in where you want to go and that's the key and then having like set timelines go like realistic goals for yourself timelines in which you want to achieve these 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 steps that you've made these goals I think you need to be really detailed in that plan or is it enough to maybe have an intention of where you want things to go uh, and and the reason I say this is because, um, you know, I I am going through a very uh, public um, situation right now, and uh, I don't have a plan. I, I'm sort of fired up right now about mm-hmm. injustice and, and things like that. But I do have an intention. And that, I think, always will guide me and continue to guide me. Um, on my path, because I, I ask myself now when I'm sharing or posting, is this keeping in line with what my intent is? So I don't have the detailed plan, but I have the intention. So I'm just curious what you think. Do we need more detail or is it enough to have an intention that guides you? 
you need enough that will get you moving. And so enough of a plan that will actually cause you to take action, right? And if at that point you can add to that, you can expand and add to that plan. So as you said, you have an, you had an intention and that intention has already caused you or pushed you to act. And as you're acting, you're going back to that intention to make sure that you're in alignment with your initial intention. So you've already taken steps. You may not have put that step down to paper to say, this is the plan, but you've already started out a plan because you've actually taken steps. And so I think what's important is that having enough that will get you moving and get you to a point where you're starting to take steps. And then you can add to those steps because depending on how broad of a plan you want to have, your goal may be be done in a couple of steps, but it may take longer. So as you said, you're, you're reaching milestones. And as you're reaching those milestones, celebrate those wins. Celebrate every milestone that you, that you accomplish because it's very important. It's going to be that momentum that keeps moving you forward. And ultimately that's what's important is to keep moving you forward towards what it is that you want to achieve. So I've become, I've become over the last three and a half years, I mean, I, I could probably stack uh, a mile high of self-help books behind me. I've read them all, every single book. And, you know, one of the funniest things I think I ever read and was, you know, this person who, like myself and like many out there looking for answers, said that by the time I get through journaling, meditating, yoga, <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> The day is the day is seventy five percent gone, and I'm exhausted. <laughs> so, how do we decide what are the like? I guess it's sort of clearing the mental clutter because the brain is wired, and I've known this from reading mm -hmm. in psychology readings. The brain is wired to only make so many decisions a day, mm -hmm. and then you sort of burn out. You get tired. So, how do we assess what's important to keep as we? you know, pull ourselves out of this rut and, and what, what we have to, what has to stay in place to propel us forward. So how do we clean up, I guess, the mental clutter that is in our brains? Well, the first thing um, I want to say, researchers has shown that it takes um, 21 days to start creating long-term memories. And then um, 63 days to start to creating change, habit change. So knowing that, and then of course it goes in, you know, increments like that. So knowing that it takes 21 days to create a uh, long-term memory. So that's how, and then 63 days again to start creating change, whether it's you want to change a habit, change a behavior, all that stuff. So this first step, you're right, there are, there are so many self-help books out there. It's where do you begin now? How many yoga classes can you do? How many this can you do? You know, how many jumping jacks can I do to like shake the brain and let everything fall into pit, you know, <laughs> into place so, so you can have some sort of space yeah, to, to think. So it get it, it really does go back. So once you're in that self-reflection mode and you are there and you're saying like, you know, okay, you know, I'm going through this personally. I, I, you know, I, I, I can't, I, everything just seems to go so thing. So for like, there's a, a array of emotions coming at you. Thoughts are coming at you. Everything is coming at you. What do you do? So it's like, you sit there and 
you just really, really have to center yourself, come to that peace. So you have to, first of all, just come to that place, center yourself and start to stop a lot of the outer, the, the whispers, the, the voices that's coming from every which direction. That's where you start to begin to start to create, like it's not an overnight process. It's It starts with, uh, we keep using the word intentional. It's, we, it's an intent, it's an act. Start slowly but steadily, one step at a time. And it is to start to silent the voices that comes from every possible, every social media, every book you're reading, every website mm -hmm. from calling this friend, calling that friend, calling, I don't know, that neighbor. <laughs> I don't know, you know, wherever it is, whoever it is that you're calling, just all these voices go, what happened? What's happening inside? The brain is going, stop it, I can't take this anymore. Do you know what I mean? Because there's so many, and you're reading and you're reading and you're reading all that thing. It's just to center yourself, to stop. You know exactly the voices that are your support system that you can hear. Mm -hmm. And then you come to that place now, you sit there, you calm yourself. You're like, okay. I'm going to now just start to take one step at a time, one step forward at a time. What is it do I want to change? What habit? What memory? Because you got to go back because the way we are goes stems back to something. So you have to go back now to dig and understand where these these self the self negative thought um voices are coming from the defeating thoughts the, the 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 negative aspect looking at things in such a dark way rather than you know how can i see the light at the end of the tunnel it all goes back to childhood whatever experience we have so we have to first it starts by going where is this coming from i didn't just wake up this morning you know becoming such a, you know, like a negative person where I see everything is as dark and black and I'm living in a, in a hole. So where did it come from? So you now have to, like, if you can't do it yourself, you got to work with somebody, a professional. Where mm -hmm. does it come from? Help. Me. Yeah. Oh. I can't, I can't emphasize that enough. Reaching out, finding people to work with. Mm -hmm. This is important. And I think that we live in a culture that thrives on comparison and it beats you down. It wears you down. And so if somebody's listening to this right now, I want to tell you, you are enough. You are enough. Stop comparing yourself to what you are seeing on Instagram mm -hmm. and Facebook because they're sick and they're toxic mm -hmm. and it is not real life. You are enough. You, you know, we, we watch these videos. I watch these videos and I think this is insane. The people are talking about how I pay, I pay 5% interest, 5% taxes on my billion dollar income. And I think, holy crap, lady, I am scrounging for coupons right now. <laughs> this is not real life. And so, you know, we have to be real and raw with each other too, because we have set up such a sick, sick society where we live in this culture of comparison it's it's demented it really needs to end so um that's so crucial that you you were talking about that what we see online it's 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 not healthy it it's is not. And it's, it's it's not it's not real and it's like it's like wake up it's not real like everything, either, even the comparison with social media on Instagram and how you look, what 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 the world says beauty is, because that that's also attacking your 
your self you know your confidence your self esteem you know what what is smart oh you have to have this this and this but exactly you're enough like what is it what do you want to do like acknowledging the greatness like you know instead of having a like you know a to do list write do a to don't list mm -hmm. i will not do this i will not do this boundaries yes. boundaries and it's so important to have those healthy boundaries you said something candace that you know with the comparison and how we when we look online and we see these images and we see this lifestyle and we see all of these things and then we start to compare ourselves to that and create this false um standard that we believe we, sh we should live to and what it's actually doing is causing us to sabotage ourselves we're getting in our own way by doing that by not realizing our true worth um, because from that place, when we don't realize it, we make decisions, we make choices. These, the choices and decisions we make impact our life in such a way. And it could be very small to very impactful where it's, it, where we're dealing with the, the, you know, fallout of those decisions for quite a long time. So it begs for us to literally become that observer of our own thoughts, as we spoke earlier, you know, how, how, what's the next step? Well, in doing that, make sure that you're aligning with what it is that you truly want. What are those thoughts that are coming to you? Denise, you know, mentioned earlier, silencing the voices outside of you. But we also have to silence the voice within because there's a cr mm -hmm. critic that's within that when we're seeing these images, when we're seeing these lives, when we're seeing these things, we start to compare and we're not silencing it enough and amplifying the voice that says we're more than enough, that we're worthy. The voice that speaks to what we actually want for ourselves and where we actually want to see ourselves. And so when we do that, then we will achieve the things that we want to achieve. Yeah. And when it comes to social media, I just have to say like, if so, you know, that is a great place to start clearing out mental clutter. Yes. Mm -hmm. Literally, if somebody is making you feel less than, mm -hmm. or you find yourself comparing or feeling bad about your circumstances, unfollow them. Yeah, you do not need to you are not required to engage and you are not required to continue to follow them. It is your space too. you wouldn't let somebody walk into your home and make you feel bad. I don't know why we allow people to do that on our phones, which is a very right. personal space for us. You're absolutely right. And if it even gets to the point where you know what you need to take disconnect, disconnect so you can reconnect stronger, disconnect from the social media for a while, clear out that that space mentally and even in your electronic space so that you can now come back even stronger than before. And if you need to do that, do that. As you said, nobody says you have to do anything. You don't have to follow. You don't have to spend hours on social media. You can decide, you can control how much of yourself, how much you put out there and how much you you want to stay connected to that degree. Yeah, I mean, there's there's people in the content creation world, you know, who are listening to this and they're, you know, they're thinking, but, you know, my job is on TikTok or Instagram. Well, mm -hmm. you know, you don't, you're still entitled to take a break. You don't, we become slaves to these platforms. And part of that self-reflection is, is saying, why am I, why am I a slave to this platform? You know, just because I'm being told I need to put four to five TikTok videos out a day, does that mean I have to? You know, uh, you you still have a life, and I'm telling you, a walk around the block with my dog is way more better for my mental health <laughs> than than you know scrolling on TikTok. Um, you know, and if you're not if you're not in a situation to create, and you're the one scrolling, 
put time limits on yourself, you know, um, or get into creation and walk away from the scrolling, you know, share your story. Well, it boils down to everything we're saying is choice. Like we have a choice. Absolutely. And, um, and, and one of the choices, uh, boundaries is, is exactly knowing when, like how to set, when to set city's boundaries, when to say no, when to say yes, and not feeling obligated to everything and doing everything because it does affect your mental health. It truly yeah. does. So I want to talk about self-sabotage because I think this is a huge thing that we all engage in on some level. Mm -hmm. Even the most successful among us uh, sometimes uh, engage in this in this um, action. So first, can you define it? There's um re uh, I've, I was reading re there's well first of all self-sabotage in like in our in basic like what terms is where we it's a behavior that goes against ourselves against ourselves things that we that go against our our goals our personal goals our core values and um but there's a definition um a researcher says uh self-sabotage occurs when we i'll read it to you when we destroy ourselves physically mentally or emotionally or deliberately hinder our own success and well-being by undermining personal goals and values feel i feel seen by that <laughs> definition <laughs> you know what i i, I that it's it, it it's an actually an unveiling of many of us because you don't realize how much we self-sabotage um ourselves you don't realize that and you're right that definition alone starts to you know shine the light in our corner and be like oh my god is that me is she talking about me she's defining me and so because we do it all the time as simple as you know feeling that you don't deserve what you truly want that's you're sabotaging yourself and it's a simple, you think it's a simple thought, but it, it actually is a defeating thought. Procrastinating. Yeah, I, I, right? my, 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 the wheels in my head are turning <laughs> at a actually way too fast right now. Cause I'm thinking back on a lot and even just current, uh, of ways that I hold myself back. Um, and so I don't want that anymore, you know, and you do hit a point, um, in your life where you think, why, who, who is this serving? And if, if, you know, it's serving nobody when you hold yourself back. In fact, it, it's doing damage to the people around you as well, I suspect. It is because um, what happens is, first of all, like chronic self-sabotage, um, it depletes our drive, oh. our motivation. It steals inspiration. Um, and what happens, it does affect people in our lives because what it, it your entire your life changes your like I said it, it kills your motivation it kills your inspiration so you were once a person that is full of life outgoing and then suddenly you become a a wilted flower you know and uh and you no longer want to do anything and you have this this negative mentality this pessimistic view on things and people and it does it does our, our behavior, our actions, words that we speak, it 
does affect everyone that we come in contact with. Well, not everyone, but those who are so close in our inner circle, they see it. Even the, sometimes it's not even what you say, it's just your whole demeanor. And it, it's reflected on that and it just comes out and it does impact the people that are so close to us. So we had that's something that self it's I know it's a you know people just use that word like you know self sabotaging but if you really understand it there sometimes we are conscious of the self sabotaging and sometimes we're not and the the ones that are that we're conscious of is like you know as examples are always saying is that you you want to lose weight but yet you're going to go eat that cake so you know what you're doing is not right but then there's things it's like the the ones you're not really conscious of is a fact of where you 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 you're, you procrastinate on things you want to do something you want to move forward you want to you want to move you want to switch careers you want to do something new but what's happening is a negative thought talks is saying why this the inner critic as Jen said earlier saying why why do that why do that so if you're like this and you have kids around you they're hearing you so they're picking up that behavior and they're thinking that's okay that's that's how I'm going to you know that they start themselves you know self-sabotaging at a young age losing losing that confidence and what do you think about when you hang on to an emotion that's not serving you and I'm going to bring one up here anger <laughs> because we all have a lot of that right now um on a few things because a lot of what is happening in the world right now is our lives are being held back by decisions that we are not making for ourselves. We have lost some of our autonomy in our lives and that creates resentment and anger. So what about when somebody is or somebody or circumstances are holding you in the rut? That feels like it might be a more difficult situation to get out of in my mind, but maybe not. What do you guys think of that? I think the process would be a little bit more challenging only because there are certain things that are outside of your control. And so if you're being held back by a situation or circumstance because of decisions that are being made for you um, or that directly impact you, um, then there's a sense of loss of control. That in this end, that causes you to feel I'm stuck. I'm in this position because something has happened that I cannot control to a degree. And so with that comes, you know, the, the process is a little bit more challenging because then now it, there's, more, there's more focus on what can you do. Despite this, things have happened to you, despite the situation has made, or people have made decisions for you, what is within your power, your control that you can do? And then having I'm going to jump in with a joke and go, I can clean the toilet because <laughs> I can control that. And when my world is in total chaos, I pull out the cleaning supplies because that I can control. <laughs> so, <laughs> and somehow for me, a clean toilet really just makes everything better. Uh, you know, <laughs> I do want to add something to that. Um, your question, Candice. Uh, with respect to anger and you know being angry especially especially with the pandemic everything being restricted and of course other every whatever it is we're going through in our personal lives uh i think we should acknowledge the fact that acknowledge that emotion like rather than be immediately this you know disregarded as thing but acknowledge it that the fact okay i'm my let's use a pandemic um we can't, uh, you know, there's, you know, 
we can't go, we can't, there's social distance, we have to wear our masks, we can't go here, we can't go there, family, can't see family, can't travel, whatever it is, it, putting that restriction on, it just creates that, that anger. So acknowledge the fact that you feel as if you are, you're no longer in control, you, you, you feel as if you're being, whatever it is that's causing that anger, let's just come out of, outside of the pandemic situation, whatever it is that you're feeling angry about, acknowledge the fact, okay, I'm angry about this, this upsets me, I, I feel I, I could not that, but the next step now is what do you do with that anger? So it's like, are you going to act on that anger or are you, so that's where, that's where the next step comes in. It's like, how are you going to act in that anger? Are you going to go out and, and I don't know, blast that person, uh, do whatever it is. It's like, how can I constructively deal with my anger? So let's just do something very simple. As you just said, cleaning the toilet. I'm angry about this. So instead of going, you know, I don't know, your sibling, your husband, your wife, whoever it is, and attack them for whatever reason, it's just take a step back and I'm upset about this. But also it takes, it, it does take, it does take a level of, of, of coming to that awareness and saying, okay, what is it that, what's caused that person to have done this as well to me? And, uh, and then, and then understand your reaction to that. But then again, what really matters is your reaction to that situation. Like, do you become reactive or do you become responsive? And then once you acknowledge that and your, your steps and what you want to do, because you, it's at the end of the day, whatever you're feeling, that, that, that chemical is being released in your body, that anger that's causing, that's having you hold on to that anger it's not, even if you don't do anything physically to, to somebody, a person, what is it doing to you? Like, what is it doing to you physically? What is it doing to you emotionally? What is it doing to you spiritually? Oh, I can tell you what it's done to me. Yeah, like, I mean, I have been through the most stressful period of my life. I've had a profound journey through the last three and a half years. And I am now dealing with chronic pain. And I know it is a direct result of the stress mm -hmm. that I have carried through this, this path. And so, yeah, I mean, we have to recognize these things. And I think we also have to recognize that our feelings and our emotions do not have to determine our actions. They are not, uh, you know, the same thing. And it's really important, I think, for us to, to come to terms with that, that just because we're angry, pissed off at somebody, we don't have to lash out with actions that will cause more harm, um, not only to, to them, but to ourselves, right? That's right. And it's, and you know, Candice, the, the, what you said about the, the pain, the, the effect, like once you understand, like once we understand what these emotions, these negative emotions do to us physically, it really makes you look at life differently. It oh, will. I mean, I, yeah. I can tell you now that when I'm stressed, when my stress goes up, the pain in my shoulder is so intense that it brings mm -hmm. me to tears. And there's a direct correlation. I, there's literally no way around it. You, you couldn't tell me it was anything else causing this because I know in my heart of hearts that what is causing that pain is, is the stress that, I, that I'm under. And I am desperately trying to learn 
how to manage that right now. And so people will say, oh, you've brought the sacred space on for yourself this year. How self-serving. And maybe I have. Maybe I have. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay, Candice. We but we're gonna we're gonna bring some other people on for the ride. <laughs> we're gonna teach you how to manage your mind, how to create that sacred space, how to take care of you. How I gotta to tell you, I love yeah. that name. Sacred space is perfect. It's perfect because it does really sort of encompass what we're striving for here mm -hmm. is to create those boundaries, that sacred space in your life where you control your emotions, your thoughts, your future, no matter what's coming at you. I just, I can't tell you how much I love that name. It's absolutely perfect. So before we wrap up the podcast, because we could talk forever, um, I do want to end it though, because, you know, the final sort of point here is, you know, we need to break free from patterns that are, that are holding us down. And so, but as we close out the podcast today, I want, first I want to tell people to make sure that they're following along because you're going to be joining what she said every single month on the radio show. We're going to have it up on the blog. Uh, you guys are going to be on the Instagram stories. We're going to be doing a lot because we really do want to help people. But, you know, part of that is breaking these, these patterns in our life. So do you have any tips for people as we sort of forge into this new path lives? Do you have any tips for people for letting go of old habits and starting new ones um, so that they can join you on this path. Sorry, go ahead, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think um, it, it goes back to taking a step back and actually creating that time and space so that you can examine and evaluate the patterns, the habits that, you've ha that you have that have not been serving you well. What are these things that are causing me that I keep doing over and over and over and I'm not getting any further? I want to change it, but I'm struggling to change it. The first thing to do is to identify what those are. And then what, because when you identify what they, they are, then you can then build strategies to work through them and change them and create new ones that are more in alignment with your happiness, with the things that you want to achieve right? Getting yourself out of that place of, you know, I'm feeling stuck and I, and I need to break out of this. Well, how? You identify and once you identify, then you can strategize against how now, how do I move forward? What actions do I need to do? What steps do I need to take? And I, I think probably too, I, I mean, I know I'm the worst at this, like the literal worst. Every new year comes around and I'm like, I'm going to quit drinking. I'm going to start exercising. I'm going to eat right. And I'm going to do this, 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 this. I'm going to write a book and I'm going to travel to the moon and I'm going to get a science degree and blah, blah, blah. Like, I mean, I could literally go on forever. I'm going to do it all. And you know what it does? It creates overwhelm and it puts me right back into where I was. So I think if I could share anything with anybody, I would say, don't try and do it all. Pick something. And, and, you know, and, and then move on that and then action the next item. Um, because uh, sometimes if we have too much on our plate or too much, we want to change, we can create this sort of overwhelm in ourselves. And the other thing I would say is, you know, because I'm also guilty of this, uh, is I'm the worst for saying, well, I don't have any time. And when I really started to reflect on my time and how I was using it, I started to recognize things in myself that I went, oh, I think I've watched this episode of Modern Family 50 times. <laughs> <laughs> 
I could re- I could repeat it from start to finish, and it's contributed nothing to my life. Um, so I think we can always find time if we're aware of what is perhaps sucking it or where we go when we look to um, self-soothe or, you know, um, distract ourselves. What I, one thing I would, you know, to end this, I would advise, you know, like tip for somebody or anyone to do is um, like what you said, it don't create like a list of that will overwhelm you for the, the going moving forward. I think the number one thing is I highly recommend everyone to do is self-care and just find something that makes you laugh. At least laughter, there's a quote that says, a day without laughter is a wasted day. So find on a daily basis, find something, if it's a comedy, if it's a talking to a friend or a cartoon you want to watch, just find that moment just to laugh because the chemicals that you release and that being in that free space of laughter is very, very healthy. At least laugh once once a day if you have to or as often as you want, but just find that that moment for a laughing session. I absolutely, I couldn't agree with you more. Jennifer, do you have any sort of tips as we close out this podcast? Um, I, I think that honor your boundaries. I think if anything that we've learned from the pandemic is to honor those boundaries. It's become so much more important to us. And so knowing what you truly value, what you truly love and honoring that, honoring yourself and don't lose yourself in the midst of that. We tend to give, give, give so much of ourselves and not pay enough attention to ourselves that um, we need to honor ourselves, honor the boundaries we need for ourselves. Well, ladies, I am ridiculously excited to get into this over the next year uh, with you guys. You, you know that. I've told you repeatedly. Uh, now I'm just saying it publicly. Um, <laughs> and um, and so I really do hope that people will follow along and join you. So where can they find you on social media so that they can start following you there um, and as we start to release these ongoing um, episodes throughout the year? Well, they can find us on Instagram on the Sacred Space Coaching. Um, they can find Denise, Denise Chand um, underscore CLC on Instagram and Jennifer John underscore CLC on Instagram. Um, and once they're there, they'll find all of our information and they can follow along as we um, journey with you throughout the year. And of course, you also offer coaching and personal one-on-one services with people. So uh, people can sign up for that at your website? Yes. So at the under, sorry, the dash sacredspace.com slash get unstuck. They go there, our services are there, our programs are there for individual coaching, group coaching, um, everything is there. All right, let's do this thing, ladies. I'm very excited. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having us. We're very excited, Candice, and we enjoyed it. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many rogues that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. 
you have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at averyrich.com. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast. <laughs>